I'm legally obligated to let you fellas know that you are being recorded. Sweet. Awesome sauce. I'll keep all my comments of defamation to myself now. <laughs> I'm like, it'd be a cooler podcast if you didn't. So what you're saying is I should not stand up because I'm not wearing any pants. Be a cooler podcast if you didn't. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I was recording for that. <laughs> Pixel Life. This is episode 169, recording on December 4th, 2021. My name is Zach Anderson. This week we are going to be discussing some pre-game award leaks and drama. Uh, Sony maybe eating a little bit of crow in the near future, or at least their fan base. Dun, dun, dun. Some other stories in news and movies hitting right before we record we were going to talk about. But to do this... I have with me, as always, Mr. Shannon Mobius the Vampire Moore. Yes, uh, hello. I don't uh, go blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, that's a, you know, just a trope that most vampires fall into. I I don't do that. Um, But yeah, uh, my schedule changed recently. So now I'm working nights. uh, So I don't know what the sun is. Uh, I'm going to probably be pretty pale, washed out by Christmas time. I'll look like Frosty the Snowman. That's Mm. what I'm kind of going for. So uh, yeah, happy to happy to be here. I mean, I'm not one to burst your bubble, but you're not the most tan of people naturally. <laughs> um, it's true. I mean, I do have a little bit of Italian uh, heritage running through me, so I do I do um, have a tendency to get a little brown after I severely burn half of my. I think, I think layer after off. hanging out with you in tropical <laughs> locations on more than one occasion, I think that Italian isn't running through you. I think it's running away from you. Uh, I might have burned it all out of me. Yeah, yes. and, and it's running away from you and taking every last ounce of melanin you have with it. Like, it's just gone. Um, yeah. Also joining us this week, as always, Mr. Justin Feline the Love Carter. I know, it's your boy. Um, Megan sent me a picture the other day from like 1.30 in the morning that she took of me where I was spooning our cat Oswald and he was under my arm and it was very adorable. At you least you're a big spoon. Yeah, I was big spoon. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'm a little spoon. but You legitimately look like a giant toddler with a stuffed animal. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> I'm like the cutest giant toddler with male pattern baldness that you've ever fucking yeah. seen in that picture. I mean, you're... to be fair, most toddlers at that age also have like some pattern baldness working. So. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I got that going for me. Mm-hmm. Your, your cat had that like he's my man now look on his face. Yeah, dude, he had his little paw in my hand. He's like, Mr. Steel, your man. Like, he's like, you ain't laying a finger on my butterfinger. Get the... like, feel these beans. Feel these little paw beans. <laughs> little squish <Yeah>. beans. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Man, two minutes in, this is taking a turn. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know how closely you guys followed all of the uh, video game awards. It was funny because 
up until about two days ago, there was almost no news happening this week because I figure everyone's saving stuff for the Game Awards, which is next week, and all the big reveals and so on and so forth. Um, and then, and then, Jeff Keighley felt the need to give an interview to Kotaku uh, yesterday that basically said, we're not going to come out on either side of the Activision debate. And they had an Activision uh, president, I believe, on their advisory panel of the Game Awards. And, uh, you know, essentially, it, was, it basically was just a real bad look of like, we're going to shill. You know, this whole Game Award thing is is we're, we're shilling for shilling's sake. And uh, we're not going to say that Activision's bad. And we're not going to say that it's good either. We're just going to we're just going to shut up and roll the trailers. And that went about as well as you would expect it to, which is not not good at all. I mean, people were coming out on Twitter that were supposed to have appeared on the Game Awards saying they were no longer going to appear on the Game Awards uh, and blah, blah, blah. Fast forward about four hours. Jeff Keighley uh, is putting is out on Twitter going, yeah, the only involvement Activision is going to have with the Game Awards is if the game has already been nominated. That's it. Period. Like, which makes me think I bet they pulled some trailers that were coming. Uh, last year, Activision paid for a huge Call of Duty push uh, for Warzone during the Game Awards. So I just found the whole thing very funny and very interesting. And I'm wondering what you gentlemen think of this. Hmm. Justin, you go first. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting that it's like, it's like they sit there they're wanting to plan to play both sides of the coin like they don't want to be like specifically like naming names like activision and like blizzard and stuff like that but at the same time they're kind of like underhandedly being like yeah you know like we don't want to point fingers but we also don't want anything to do with them because anything associated with them right now is like a giant trash fire um but I mean, at least I guess they're acknowledging the fact that that's, I guess, a step in the right direction that they're like, yeah, we want as little to do with them as like possible with the game awards since they don't want to be associated with them. But I feel like they could probably have done like a little bit more at being like, yeah, we don't really condone this type of like behavior and it's they're really shitty companies. Yeah, like it just pisses me off. Like I, I'm angry at the situation. Like honestly, you know this guy has been doing some shitty things. He's been destroying the. I mean, it's our like the game industry already has a pretty bad reputation for being misogynistic and and you know this type of behavior being propagated through companies. And it's only over the past couple of years that it's actually come out and come into the limelight for people to actually see how bad things actually were. I think that this is the time where you had the opportunity to to land a big blow and, you know, set things right. Like, hey, this isn't a behavior that we're going to accept and we're going to hit you in the wallet because this is where a lot of your advertising comes from. This is a lot of people mm -hmm. watch this. And they took the spineless route of saying, yeah, we're just, uh, we're not going to take a side. You know, we're not going to come down on either side. You're the, you're just a big a piece of shit as, as, uh, you know, as Blizzard Activision is, if you're not going to stand up and defend the people that have actually been slighted. Um, so it just kind of makes, take it takes me out of wanting to watch that. 
Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of other game companies that would love to fill those slots with a game that they're working on. Sell it at a deeper discount price. Like help out the, the, the smaller developers. Help out somebody who's got a game that might not have as much capital as Activision. You know, stand up and actually represent the video game community, which is what you're supposed to be doing. Like this is a award show for the video game um, like community, people who love playing games, love seeing new games and all the new things that are coming out. And you took such a lackluster, um, like it took people coming out on Twitter and yelling at you to do something or the people that were actually there saying, no, fuck that. We're not doing anything mm -hmm. to, to make you change your stance. Like it, to me, it's infuriating. Like you had the opportunity to stand up and do something good and you missed your shot. Well, it's like that's part of the problem, too, is I'm like you actively not pointing fingers and sweeping it under the rug is how all this shit started to begin with. Yeah, exactly. like so you yep. doing this is just reiterating that this is what happens and that this is OK. Yeah, I well, mean, I, the only thing that I can think of is like maybe he's got some skeletons in his closet he doesn't want coming out. So he's just like, I'm not going to stir the pic pot here. Picture <laughs> him and Bobby fishing like out on the lake together. Yeah. Well, I think I think it also speaks to not necessarily, you know, skeletons in Jeff Keeley's closet, but it speaks to how people like him get to where they are and they do it by not upsetting the power people, you know, by, if anything, helping the power people. And I'm sure there's a piece of him in that lizard brain that is like, protect what you have. Cause you're going to need Bobby Kotick and Activision down the line when you're trying to do something because they've helped you out before by buying ad spots and buying, uh, you know, buying into your, your events or whatever. But at some point, you know, this is how the Bobby Kotick's and their ilk stay where they are because they have a large amount of power and influence in their sphere and they wield it. And you have situations like this where it's, it's the tail wagging the dog. It's it, the media arm of this is doing the work for them without them asking to just because they don't want to upset the balance. And, and to your point, Shannon, I absolutely agree with you that it's, it's kind of pathetic that it took people that were going to be involved with the show being like, yeah, deuces I'm out. Have fun filling this from a like fundamental base level on your stage uh, for, for them to make any sort of change or statement. And it's, I I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you. I, I think the whole thing's just kind of pathetic. And it makes me feel bad for the people involved with this because it's like you, you were absolutely right. You had your moment, which, by the way, was like a fucking month ago to be like, nah, in light of all these things, we're just pulling them. We're going to pull their games out of the game awards themselves. Uh, we're going to fill in. We're going to redo the draft you know, or, or resend out these drafts to everyone so they can vote on a fresh slate without these games. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can include them next year. But right now, in good conscience, we just can't do it. And everyone would have been fine. But maybe Jeff Keighley would be bad with Activision and he couldn't count on their advertising dollars going forward in the future. So I can't do that. Uh and you, you can't convince me that there wasn't any motivation other than that 
involved. Like, yeah, sh- I- save your save your bullshit about like, oh, but the teams that work really well and hard and I no no no, you don't give a fuck about the QA and Activision. Like, you don't give a shit about the 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 men and women working at Blizzard like during crunch 20 hour days you're worried about the the marketing department buying into your next award show and that is first and foremost your main worry yeah i mean i get that but i mean having as many contacts as this guy probably has why don't you game of thrones that shit like you know like the next guy coming up in the ranks is gonna be like you know who that guy's gonna be start schmoozing him you get the other dude out the piece of shit guy you get him out and then you you supplant your guy and now you got you know a a relationship with this person you helped him get to his ranks you know where he's at and you got a stronger bond um you probably have more advertising coming your way and you got out in front of it you um you kind of spearheaded like the movement i mean like if he came out like you were saying a month ago you know how many kudos they would have gotten you know how many p- mm-hmm. extra people would have watched this video game awards like people still don't know about this shit they don't know when it happens they don't know where to where to watch it i bet you i guarantee you you start making some waves you're going to start getting a lot more uh eyes on your product you know yep. bad pr is still pr um you know people are still going to tune in to see what it's all about uh like, i don't know i just what all, what all blizzard and activision games were even nominated for game awards you know that's a good question I like know. i can't it's, even uh, think i, I off the like top Call of my... Duty warzone again and probably like vanguard i don't even know why vanguard would be on there but i'm pretty sure vanguard will be in there somewhere but yeah, I can't remember. I don't think they had a lot. Like I know, like Overwatch, like wasn't even like in the fucking RPG, like the MMO, whatever online games anymore. And it's like my thing too is like while you're at it, like why not get rid of the Ubisoft shit too? Because they're a dog shit company as well. That's been like <laughs> making waves. Like just get rid of all of them. <laughs> now the the only thing with Ubisoft is that it goes back two years with them and they did have a massive house cleaning. Like Ubisoft did do the thing that Activision isn't doing like from the top down <clears throat> their their management has completely changed for the most part. So it's not that they're in that much of a better space in reality, but front facing it looks better than, than where Activision is. Like at least they've done the like, we cut the head off the snake part, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sure four more snakes have grown in, in their place, but, uh, it's not a snake. It's a Hydra run. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I'm looking down the list here and yeah, I'm not seeing a whole bunch of, uh, Activision titles in these things. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just weak sauce. Like the whole thing is just weak sauce. I mean, to say that you're going to only keep them in the show when they're nominated for something, you should have just taken them all out. Just take it all the way out. Like, dude, it's just, yeah, sad. I have nothing else to say. Do they even have anything in this? Like, I'm seriously, I'm hitting the like best art direction shit and I'm still not seeing it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Fuck Activision. Um, any hoodles why don't we go ahead and talk about something that is gaining steam that we're uh oh sorry best esports game call of duty there it is um let's talk about something we're supposed to be seeing or the rumor is that we are going to be seeing during the game awards as a major reveal and 
it seems like it could be true. Steam is building. I'm really excited. Bioshock 4, y'all. Bioshock 4. Codename Isolation, perhaps? Uh, is starting to make waves. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, possibly multiple cities based in Antarctica with uh, one of the cities codenamed Borealis, which is very cute. Um, <laughs> a little on the nose. A little bit, but I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's it, it, it's Bioshock. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, like the idea of an Antarctica or a Sub-Zero Bioshock, I, I'm, I'm in for. Like that's the thing that makes those games work is the area outside the cities has to kill you. And uh, that can be either because you're, you know, at atmospheric depth under the ocean, or you're literally going to plummet to your death because you're in the sky. Um, but uh, Sub-Zero, I think there's a lot of ways they could go with that. I'm into like 60s or 70s Bioshock, which is what this makes it sound like. And, uh, you know, Irrational Games is the people doing it who I'm a big fan of the uh, the Shadow of the Tomb Raider series, Mafia 3. They did a couple Deus Ex games. Like, I'm, I'm in. I'm ready. My body is ready. It's been a long time since Bioshock, y'all. So what, what do we think? Are we hyped? You know, I was I was excited. I, I liked the first two. I didn't like uh, Infinite, the one in the sky with the rails. Uh, you know, with the the roller coaster type uh, maneuvering. Robbie's um, rolling in his grave right now, as you say that. <laughs> no, he's too busy crying about Georgia losing. But um, he, I mean, I I would both, say both things can be true. By the way, yes, uh, I I would say that he that I am excited for like something that's. In the frozen tundra, I mean, you have multiple mm -hmm. things that'll kill you. Whether it be like you know um, the so the freezing temperatures, you can also go like maybe have like a, a subterranean city. I mean, like you have the best of both worlds there, which would be pretty cool. Um, you know, I actually think it was pretty pretty funny because uh, when you first sent the text message out to let us know that this was coming, I um, just saw Sub Zero and Bioshock, and I was like, oh, that would be pretty cool. Like you have to run away from like Sub Zero and Bioshock, and like you know try to kill them and shit like that. That'd be Hell pretty yeah. cool. Be super um, <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you just come across Rapture. In the yeah. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I'd be in for it. I, I, I'm more of a traditional first person shooter than like I feel the fast paced Infinite was. Mm. Um, so I, you know, if done properly, I, I'd be interested in it. Justin, what do you think? I mean, I love Bioshock as someone who also has a Bioshock infinite tattoo. I do really like infinite. Um, I actually really like two as well, even though I know that's the one a lot of people shit on. I really enjoyed two, but like, that's your I jam like... is liking games that people don't like. like yeah, Mario's that Sunshine. is my thing. Like sunshine. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. Bioshock Two is legit. Like it is. Like, I, I like the big sister. Like you know, I like. I thought the end of the game was better than the mm -hmm. end of the first game. So, well, because uh, the end of the the end of the first game happened in the middle of the first game. So <laughs> yeah. that's the problem with the first game. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, that's, that's very true. Also, and, also, if you've never played Minerva's Den, which was DLC for Bioshock Two, do yeah. that. Minerva's Den is. It's probably the best Bioshock story they've made, start to finish, and it's like three hours long. It's I thought the multiplayer thing for two was kind of fun. Like it wasn't like 
anything groundbreaking, but I did play that for a little bit and stuff, and that was kind of fun playing as like splicers and like running around. It was like the plasmid testing facility or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And you know, I mean, it is. I would like to see another Bioshock. Uh, Infinite came out March twenty sixth, twenty thirteen. Yeah, dog. Um, I played it on the three sixty. <laughs> so. You know, we're definitely way overdue for like a the, new Bioshock. The Upres remakes are over five years old. Now. <laughs> yeah, so that that's also saying something. Um, so I do like the idea. Like I said, that I think the two city thing could be cool. Um, you know, uh, especially being in the snow, we can might be able to get some like Lost Planet vibes, like Lost Planet One stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Another underrated gem of a game. Yeah, hopefully so. it's more Lost Planet vibes and less like, uh, what was it? Lost, uh, the Second Lost Extinction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say more Lost Planet 1, not Lost Planet 2 or 3, because yeah. goddamn. But, but well, yeah, I'm it's, high, uh, I'm it's good news. I'm, I, you I'm, know, I, yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'm, you know, usually, you know, those. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I think I'm ready for. I, there haven't been too many first-person shooters I've been interested to play, and mm-hmm. I think it'll be nice to have something in the coffers waiting for me. Yeah, now, I'm, is there a release date for this? Um, or tentative? No, tentatively, uh, the rumor is late 2022. Hmm. But we shall see. I mean, it's again. It's just Colin Moriarty on his podcast picked up a bunch of details about all these leaks and stuff. And so it's, it's the rumor is now that kind of the cat is out of the bag. They're going to give you a proper trailer during the game awards. And that would be definitely be the, one of the huge gets for that show. If they, they actually did that. So it's got some legs. We'll see what happens. Um, I am, I, you know, I am a sucker for these things just to see what gets announced. I will admit it. I mean, I'm probably not going to watch the Game Awards, but I will definitely watch the, hey, here's everything that was announced uh, compilation trailer afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, um, Justin, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about Alchemy? Yeah, so uh, Wizards came out this week and announced that for Magic the Gathering Arena, I know everyone's favorite, Um <laughs> that there's going to be a new format called Alchemy, which is a digital-only rotating format where they're going to take cards from, like, are current and standard right now that some may deem overpowered or that are kind of, like, the meta, and they're going to rebalance and, like, rework them, and there's also going to be, like, new cards and stuff that are going to be digital-only and stuff for the format. Um, At first, this sound sounded interesting a little bit like i'm like uh, like i don't really care like but the main issue a lot of people have had with it and that i kind of have with it is that because right now what's current and standard like you know there's the actual cards because magic is a physical game too so there's physical cards and then there's what's going on in arena and the changes they're making to these cards um they're kind of like nerfing certain powerful cards and stuff to make them like not as busted but it not only affects that like alchemy um like section but it's also like there's historic um in arena and stuff too and so those card changes are also going to affect historic 
which I don't really agree with. Like, I feel like if you want to play with the nerfed cards, you should just be able to do it in alchemy and they can have like a standard version of alchemy and a historic version of alchemy. But what it sounds like is outside of alchemy, those changes are also going to affect historic, which a lot of people are saying that, you know, they invested a lot of wild cards and stuff into building these decks on arena to be competitive and good to like reach the top tiers and stuff of the rankings in order to get prizes and stuff. And then now with these changes, it's going to nerf a lot of people's decks that they like just built and they're not going to refund the wild cards or anything like back to them because of this. And so I don't really agree. If that's the case, then I don't really agree with them doing that. And it becomes confusing too. If you're a new player to magic, if you don't play standard, like whatever, like just coming in, like seeing one card, like, as a certain way and then like going to natural standard and then seeing the actual version of the card, like that gets confusing. Like if you don't know like what the hell you're doing and you're new, it's like, Oh, you think this card does one thing, but it really does another thing in another format. Like, I don't understand like how that seems like a good idea at all. Yeah. it, it I, That's the thing for me is it seems like it would just confuse the hell out of like anyone coming to the game for the first time. Why does this card work like this here and not like this here? Stuff like that. It just, it seems like it would be, uh, it's asking for a bunch of trouble that they don't need necessarily. And that's kind of what's interesting is I've like, they've come out with sets recently and stuff on arena that are digital only and stuff with these cards that they can like, they've made tweaks to and stuff. And it's like, if that's the direction they want to go, they want to take that hearthstone direction with arena and they want to do it as like a soul digital format where they can like mess with the cards and do whatever then it's like that's fine i guess if that's what you want to do but they're kind of walking this tightrope between they kind of want magic to be an esport and it follow along with like the release of paper and stuff and it's like it can't exist in both ecosystems because they have magic the gathering online which has been around and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. what's on paper is what's on there and then they have like arena which has standard and then historic, which isn't a real format outside of stand um, arena. And then now they're adding another format to arena. That's not like a real format. And so it's just weird. It's like, they're kind of pushing it in this weird direction, like away. And it's like, I don't necessarily agree if they should do that or not, but I guess, you know, if wizards just wants to make money and probably not refund a bunch of people's wild cards, and they're sick of people complaining about certain cards. And instead of just banning them or doing like limited, they're trying to change the cards to make them playable. But in doing so, they're pissing off a lot of long-term magic players. It, it, I mean, it seems to me like the, the solution would be just create the arena card set and even just rename some stuff. You know, like have it be the exact same card, but it only exists digitally. It only exists in arena. So now you're, I don't know. Give me, give me a one, one black creature zombie, right? Your, Mm. your base level zombie is now just called undead or something like that. And it's the same exact thing. It's like break out a thesaurus, you guys rename some stuff. It's all the same card, but you don't have to worry about the confusion of, people playing standard versus people playing arena because it's, those cards only live in the arena set. That yeah. seems to be like, that would be the best solution, but it's like, they're going the lazy route of like, no, we've got 26 sets worth of stuff that we can pull from. We'll just pull from, from those cards, which I get, except 
those cards don't work that way in those sets. And like, those are the things people know. So yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. It makes my head hurt. Just thinking about it, just hearing you explain it. I'm like, you know how to keep me out of playing this game. You're doing it. Just keep doing that. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Shannon's like, Oh, I found the solution. The solution is never play arena. Got it. <laughs> Got the solution. Loud and clear. Yeah. I, I'll, um, I will play Magic twice a year when Justin comes out to visit us. And other than that, they will stay tucked, you know, nice and neat in their boxes where they belong. I mean, if you and, and your girlfriend wanted to come over with your cards, we could we could play more often. I'm just okay. saying. Okay. We could do that. I d- I'm down. Yeah. Right. I'll be there in 13 hours. <laughs> right, cool. Cool. Let's I'll start make, this I'll, crippling addiction off right. I'll, I'll make mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. Bacon, mac, and cheese, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, two weeks in a row, I got to mention that. Um, we should talk about uh, the big rumblings from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg that PlayStation is uh, planning to merge their PS Now, PS Plus offering for a new product codenamed Spartacus launching in the spring. That is supposed to be a Game Pass rival. Now, this is interesting because uh, PlayStation, I mean, not openly mocked, but they definitely have kind of looked their nose down their nose at Game Pass and Microsoft and what they've been doing. Uh, you know, lots of quotes out there that we believe in the standalone title and the, you know, sanctity of selling a game properly and blah, blah, blah. Um, except that Microsoft, Hey, is making a ton of money with their subscription service and, uh, this kind of penalty free way to try a bunch of games is making a bunch of smaller games go to Microsoft when PlayStation, uh, doesn't offer them the same access point. And I know anecdotally so many players and myself included that have tried games just because they were on game pass that I never would have spent money on. And some of those things get DLC purchases or full purchases after the fact. I mean, shit, I bought moving out because my kids loved it so much that when it got pulled from, or was getting pulled from game pass, I'm like, that's worth the 25 bucks. I'm just going to buy it because my kids like go ape for moving out. So why would I not? And I never would have tried that game if it wasn't on Game Pass. Like, never would have known that that was one of my kids' favorite games of all time if it wasn't on Game Pass. So uh, I think this is exciting just because more more big, you know, console develop or console holders putting these access points out into the world is only a good thing. Like, we're only going to see more access to games across a wider scope. Now, they're saying Sony is not planning on doing the day and date first party releases like Microsoft is doing. So now you're I'm going to start questioning price point and stuff like that, because, you know, Sony throwing seven and a half billion dollars out there for Bethesda just to be like, yeah, Starfield day one, baby, boom. Um, that, that definitely is going to make Game Pass very attractive when. You know, if I'm paying Sony and they're going, yeah, and still cough up 70 bucks for that God of War sequel, I'm going to be like, eh, maybe I won't. I don't know. You're offering a lot of the same titles that Microsoft is, so maybe I won't do both services. Uh, 
so yeah, do you guys have thoughts on this? You well, know, I know uh, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon will pay seventeen ninety nine to play Heavenly Sword on PS Five. So <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I had to get Big it in fact. before you thought. Oh, dude, uh, I was gonna say. You know, I was thinking when you were, you know, teeing this story up for us to uh, talk about. I was like, what could go wrong? What could Sony do wrong? And then, like, you immediately started with, well, they're not going to do day one uh, with their new releases. I was like, oh, <laughs> here we go. Um, I'm assuming the price is probably going to be a, a big point of contention. But I think it's just going to be something else that Sony is not going to, uh, they're going to launch. And then they're not going to cultivate. Mulch, like, anything else that they've put out for the PlayStation ecosystem that isn't the main console itself um so yeah i i just i don't hold any faith in in this service and i don't need to play heavenly sword again um so yeah uh if there there's no draw if there's no new hotness coming down the pipe with the subscription right i mean if i'm not gonna play one of your brand new triple a titles i don't think i want that service dude well and it's like that's what's interesting too is like Reading the article and stuff, it really seems like the main driving point that they're pushing to. They're like, oh, do PS1, PS2, PS3, and that's right, boys, PSP games. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's like, there's they didn't say anything about Vita. I'm like, they still don't give a shit about Vita. <laughs> and it's like, really, what you're telling me is it sounds exactly like PlayStation Now with PSP games added to it. And then they were kind of like, oh, yeah, and PS4 and PS5 games and stuff will come eventually. And that's what I'm kind of like, okay, well, the, like, what's the point? Like, I don't need to pay $17.99 a month to play a bunch of old-ass fucking games that I played 15 years ago. You don't want to play Parappa the Rapper again? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch a Let's Play of some, like, 13-year-old kid playing Parappa the Rapper. But I don't need to pay that. Like it seems more to me that they're taking a page out of like Nintendo's book with mm, like the N sixty four stuff than they are Game Pass, and it's like why even like it seems like you know it's inevitable that they would try to rip off Game Pass, but it's like if you're not gonna do it equally or better than Game Pass, then why try and do it at all? Because you're just going to get ridiculed for not being as good as Game Pass. Yeah, I think I think you have a really good point. It were Microsoft has the benefit now of setting the e expectation. You know, it, it's for me it would be very difficult to pay a very similar price and get way less. Yeah, I it's think like, it's it's too I th I almost think it's too late for them. I think they missed their they missed their opportunity because mm -hmm. um a, a crap ton of people already have Game Pass, right? And there are so many third-party games on there like that were shared across platforms that Microsoft is already reaping the benefits of. For Why sure. are you going to pay for that subscription on another console for the same game? Like, you're the, only doing it for the exclusives. The only way I, I see myself doing this is if they change it up that first-party exclusives are part of this. Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the main reason I have Game Pass. Sure, I love Game Pass. It's a great way to discover smaller indie titles. But I bought it this year because I knew I was going to buy Forza and Halo regardless. Mm -hmm. So why not just pay for one of them 
and get a year's worth of access to all the games. You know, or, essentially, is, is, the, is the choice I made. I was going to say, or if they, like, bundle it in such a way where it's, like, a year of PlayStation Plus is $60, and if they're like, okay, well, for 10 extra dollars, like, for yeah. the year, you get access to all of this stuff. Basically, try to do what Nintendo's doing for their online, where it's, like, <laughs> the plus. They're going to add the, the plus on it, which is why I also say it's more, like, the Nintendo Switch online than it is Game Pass, but if they... Do- <laughs> I was so mad that I just like rage choked on saliva but but no like so if they do something like that I think it will be more attractive so I'm interested to see what kind of models and price points they're offering but I honestly can't see unless it's hella cheap I don't foresee me like buying into yeah. it so I, I mean, I think you raise a good point, Shannon. It's it's probably too little too late at this point, mm-hmm. especially when it's going to be another six months before it comes out. And it's like, sure, but Sony doesn't have anything right now. Well, anything they're bringing out isn't going to be part of the service anyway, apparently. So who cares? Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when it gets uh, closer. But uh, right now, I'm not seeing a lot of value that is going to make me spend money. So... Um, but speaking of Sony properties, right before we were started recording new hotness dropped, and that is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one trailer, um, hit, hit the, hit the internet airwaves and, uh, same art style as into the Spider-Verse looks like more multiversal shenanigans, Gwen popping up. Looking like maybe he's fighting Venom twenty ninety nine in the end of this thing or something like that or a, a crazy Spider Man twenty ninety nine looking monster. Uh, it, I don't even need to see more. October seventh, twenty twenty two. I'm in. I love the, that first in the Spider Verse movies might be my favorite superhero movie. Period. Uh, definitely my favorite Spider Man movie. So yeah, just give me more of that. I'm good. We're good. You guys have uh, anything else, dude? I mean, it looks like I said I I slept on the first Spider-Man movie. Like everyone got so mad that I waited so long to watch that movie. All my friends like you need to watch. You need to watch it. I'm like I know. I'm like I haven't torrented, but I just haven't watched it. <laughs> oh my god! Story of my life. I'm gonna get a fucking T-shirt that just says that. Where it's like I haven't torrented. I haven't watched it yet, and then it's gonna have Korean subtitles <laughs> at the bottom of it. Um, if you want to buy one, link in the description below. Um, but no, and the first one was great uh, and has an amazing soundtrack. So I have they kind of set the standard very high with the first one. So I have no doubt so that they're going to deliver like balls to the wall with the second one. Mm. I am a little disappointed that it is part one though, because you know, they're going to leave it on some kind of cliffhanger or something. And then we're going to be waiting in the wings for the second one. But I also know that, you know, with animation, especially like as detailed and as crazy as they're doing, you know, this movie, it's like, I'm sure it takes a long ass time to do this. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped for it. Um, that I'm kind of in Zach's camp that this is probably one of my go-to like superhero movies that I love to watch if I'm gonna watch a superhero movie. Um, and it, it's pretty funny 
you know, I'm not nitpicking or anything, but it's like, dude, you, he he looks obviously a lot older. So like, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be some time between the first movie and, and this one where he's kind of gotten his uh, his feet wet, so to say, in the superhero business. So he's, you know, he's his hair is a little taller. Uh, his face is a little bit skinnier. Um, you could tell he's been working out a little bit. Still listening to the same song from the first one. Who, who knows how many times you're going to listen to that Sunflower song on repeat. I mean, it's a good song and all, but I don't know how many times you're going to you're going to listen to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, super dope. Uh, I'm in for it. And uh, it will probably be one of those Insta buys when it comes out. I'm super disappointed that it's in, it's going to theaters and it's not going to be released on like a digital streaming platform. Um, because I have not still gone to a movie since the pandemic started. Um, and, you know, I would prefer to watch a movie at home, but that's just me. I'm really curious how that's going to change the world going forward, because you are not alone. A lot of people got real used to just staying home and uh, like for everything, not just movies. It's one of those like, yeah, I don't want to go into work anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to be I don't want to go grocery shopping yeah i don't want to be in these my door. offices with you people i don't want to be in these stores with you people like i'm capable of doing the same amount of work and buying the same amount of stuff right from my desk i do not need to leave my house to make this happen um and it's it is shaking things up in a major way yeah so. um you know <laughs> to be on that point it kind of sucks because like i wanted to go out uh today to pick up some uh stuff from best buy and the best buy by my girlfriend's house is closed because um you know people weren't going in like it just shut down like a lot of people were going there to support that location so they shrank it down so it's a bummer uh you know i can't instant gratification is uh, no longer a thing when you're looking for printers i just drive to san carlos yeah, well, I got to drive all the way to San Carlos from San Jose, man. That's so long way to drive. It's a lot of driving. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then you pick up a you know village host pizza while you're there, and you make it. So you find reasons to to make the drive. But th- but then not am I go. I'm going from San Carlos all the way back up to Belmont, which is like another longer drive. And then I got to drive all the way back down to San Jose. It just it's a lot of driving. I don't want to do that. I want to stay home. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Which is why Jeff Bezos is one of the richest men in the world because. <laughs> Shit just shows up at your front door. Yep. Yep. I get it. I get it. Um, uh, yeah. Any more? Is there any more news? I feel like we've been talking about news for a long time. I know. I know. Weird since nothing really happened this week. But <laughs> I know. Here we oh, are. I got. I got something real quick I want to talk about yeah. that kind of piqued my interest because, uh, you know, uh, Mike, Mr. Mike Miller, um, mm-hmm. threw up in the Discord channel his new whole lot of chocolate out of whatever concoction. Oh yeah, the bang. God, anything that's flavored like chocolate that isn't chocolate is like fucking disgusting in my book. Yeah, I mean, that kind of brings to mind like because I ran out of Red Bulls and Red Bull is usually my like choice of energy drink if I'm going to drink something. And I had to get a uh, I got a monster today and I haven't had probably one of those in like three or four years. That was like straight garbage. I was like instant regret the minute it hit my lips. Um, But, you know, I was in a pinch. I needed some caffeine uh, and sugar. Um, So that made me think like what is the worst energy drink that you guys have ever drank because i mean like nos i mean like out of all like the major ones that you can think of yeah yeah see i like nos because i like citrus like i like squirt and like um ruby red squirt and like grapefruit like i really like that honestly if i had to out of energy drinks that i have Drinking. I mean, I tried one one time that tasted like a liquid ashtray. I couldn't really tell you what the <laughs> brand was. Some dude was selling them 
out of the back of his truck in front of a gas station mm. for like two already like, already just painting a picture yeah for that were like two for like four dollars or whatever <laughs> i did not buy them my friend derek bought the two for four dollars and i tried a sip of his which tasted like liquid menthol like ashtray um <laughs> i mean you realize but, you probably just emptied ashtrays into cans and- <laughs> Yeah, uh, and he's four dollars richer because of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but honestly, Mo- like Monster is probably at the bottom of my list. Monster is especially Green Monster. I like the taste of it, but much like a pina colada, I can only ever drink half of it because once I get about halfway down, mm-hmm. the sweetness it's like I'm done, and I physically cannot drink anymore, or it will make me sick. <laughs> so because yeah. it's just so sweet. You know what the worst one is, though? Has either one of you had the uh, misfortune of trying the rain energy drink? Like, oh, oh rain. no. No, I see like, them all the time. Yeah, no. don't. I, 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 too, was in a pinch one day and was like, oh, I'm going to try one of these. It was like super sale at a gas station rain because it was like the new thing or whatever. And they had one that was like cherry limeade. Mm. And I'm like, I like cherry i like lime sounds all right you know i got maybe a third the way through the can and just tossed that shit it was (laughs) it was like nothing it was it was just a can of chemicals essentially (laughs) like it's like sure there's flavor here but also metal you know like it's just like tasting i'm tasting just like the fucking periodic table not flavors. <laughs> what you're you know? tasting is the chemicals inside the can melting the aluminum, and that's what you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's real bad. Um, also, it's very seasonal. I don't know if I, I'm guessing you guys haven't had it. If you ever come across the Irish Blend Java Monster hmm. drink, which is supposed to be their take on an Irish coffee. Um, but without the booze <laughs> yeah it's without the booze i i don't know if you've tasted or or if they still make this but when you taste this it is essentially hey do you like copper instead of whiskey in your coffee because <laughs> that's what it tastes like just like someone just put a rod of copper right in your drink and let it sit overnight and then you drink it <laughs> they're like hey we can't put alcohol in here so we'll just get a bunch of alcoholics to work out over the vats and their right? sweat will just drip into the, the into the drink right okay let's let's give you positive what's your favorite top of your head favorite one right now go favorite energy drink yeah it's got to be the monster pipeline punch the pink can. Mm. See, I would go with the Monster Rehab, the yellow can. Ooh, yeah the the the, the the iced tea and lemonade one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Also, because it has it has like the micro carbonation, mm-hmm. so you can just like slam it. It doesn't. It you know you don't have the like carbonation that like stops you from drinking it all mm-hmm. the, all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My absolute favorite used to be there was a Coca Cola flavored Red Bull. Mm. Oh, oh yeah they they still have them they still have the cola red bulls i have not seen that i haven't seen that since i worked at like a grocery store back in like 2007 yeah you you got to go to a bar now because like you know they make that shit (laughs) also the coca-colas with coffee kind of good just i I, dude i tried that and it was all right 
Like yeah, it was, it didn't, it didn't, it it's, I'm not going to kick it out of bed. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, uh, you the, know, the thing that cracks me up about it is it's exactly what you picture. It's a Coca-Cola with coffee. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. Like it's one of those things like people, people always ask me cause like I, I have them often. I'm like, what does that taste like? I'm like, well, see the can. It tastes like Coca-Cola and then it tastes like coffee. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's that it's exactly that. And then people take a sip and are like, holy shit, you're right. That's Coca-Cola and then coffee. It's it's crazy. Um, but somehow it works. I don't know. Good talk. Well, should we talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, let's do that. Hey, guys. You need to buy Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, I'm sorry I do. To, huh? I'm sorry to break it down to you like this. Uh, it's going to be on a game of the year list. Is it going to be high? If it sticks to landing, man, it might, it might be like, I'm so, okay. Let, I'll let the listeners in real quick. I've been a little under the weather this week and, uh, today woke up feeling like particular dog shit. I I felt like the glove in the backyard of Justin's house. Um, (laughs) and the, uh, I was like, I'm going to, I bought Guardians of the Galaxy for 26 bucks of Best Buy for uh, the Black Friday sale for the PS5 since I hadn't done shit with my PS5 in months. So I'm like, I'll buy this. And uh, fired it up this morning for the first time around 11 o'clock thinking like, oh, I'll just play this for a couple hours for the show. Next thing I know, it was seven o'clock and I'm still playing it and having to wrap up my game so I can get on the show to talk about it. <laughs> it it's good, man. It's it's so solid. Uh it's a little buggy, but I think the advertising leading up to this game and the fact that the Avengers game exists really hurt this product a lot. Because I know when I saw that E3 trailer on the back of the shit show that was the Avengers, I'm like, why would they even do this? Like, hell no, I'm not interested in this game. So let me tell you what this game is, Shannon. Okay. It is a Guardians of the Galaxy adventure that does not take place in the MCU. It Mm -hmm. takes place in its own little uh, pocket universe here. And it's like, what if Telltale Games kept going and kind of merged with like a decent third person action game. So, so you get a lot of the telltale, like, Oh, rocket's going to remember that. Oh, the, uh, Oh, Drax, Drax likes that you backed his play here. You know, like there's, there's a lot of that type of stuff. Like you get to pick, Oh, do you, do you boost up Gamora or do you defend rocket in this conversation? You know, as, and you're playing Peter Quill. And so it, it has a lot of that d- of DNA style in it, but it never feels intrusive. It, it really flows. The conversations you have in this game are legitimately funny. Like there were time, like my son was hanging out with me for a large part. So that's the other, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. But that's the other thing about this game. It sucks people in like my kid. I, my son has zero interest in, in MCU stuff. 
like Guardians of the Galaxy, he legitimately thought it was a Star Wars game because it took place in space. Like that's how little he understands what Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy is. And he like walks by, sees an interaction between Drax and Rocket, laughed because it was funny, stood there for the next 15 minutes standing, <laughs> watching the game, and then eventually comes and sits down next to me for like two hours, just watching yeah. me play the whole thing because he's in, he's invested now. The story grabbed him. And, and the game has that power that it just, it's something's always happening. Something's always funny. Something's always entertaining at the very, at the very minimum. And it just pulls people in and it pulls you playing the game through it. Cause there are parts where it's kind of boring. It's like, you're, you're stuck in an area trying to figure out like, oh, how do I open this door or something like that? But the characters are talking the characters are talking you guys a lot. Like there's a lot of dialogue. There's so much dialogue in this game that I cannot believe that they recorded it all and included it all, but like it's there and they, and they're quipping back and forth the entire time. The team is always talking and it's just, it's fantastic. It's really good. So do they repeat like the same lines? Like if you're standing there long enough, do you hear a lot of the same quips? The only time I've found that they repeat lines is to basically give you the clue you need to move forward. Like mm. they'll be having a conversation moving back and forth. And then like rocket will be like, if we had a way to access that panel, I could open that door, you know, or something like that. And then it's, and then you'll play it again. And then five minutes later, you'll hear like you seriously, there's a panel. Why, why haven't <laughs> guys get a panel? Like we're come on. Like you'll hear like that type of thing happening mm -hmm. um, with the PS five. It makes fantastic use of the speaker in the controller, mm -hmm. which I was not prepared for at first. It scared <laughs> the crap out of me. But the, the first mission it's uh, you and rocket and Groot, which they awesomely call team rocket. <laughs> which that, that uh that made my kids like they're like you're on team rocket no um and then uh it's drax and gamora are the other team and they're team green because they're both green and then drax is like i'm not green i'm teal this is offensive it's really funny um but the uh you're out you're out doing your mission and all of a sudden uh gamora checks in with you like where they are and it comes through the controller mic or, or speaker not your headset or not the speakers on the tv and it just made me jump like the first time i was like holy shit because it's like super clear and it sounds like a calm and everything and and you know like it does a da -da 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 thing and uh it it was really fun but the uh yeah it, it's it's way more the comic book style versions of these characters than the mcu style uh though it's funny they still try to do the voices pretty close like except except for peter quill like so gamora kind of sounds like gamora drax sounds pretty close to drax like rocket groot pretty close to what you're expecting and then like peter quill just sounds like some midwest douchebag you know <laughs> like so it's kind of like huh but but it's you get past it. I did anyway. I got past it pretty easily because the game pulls you through pretty well. So 
I've heard one of the criticisms of the game is in the beginning of the game, it's not action oriented. It's kind of more like walking around, scanning things. And I've heard it's Mm -hmm. pretty slow for like the first half of the game. Did you feel it was slow or did you feel that there was enough meat on that bone to keep you interested while you were walking around? I, I think if you go into it expecting a big fighting shooting game, then yeah, I could absolutely see that to be honest. I didn't really know what to expect out of it. So once I figured out I was playing more of like a super evolved telltale game, I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, and the fighting is good. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy the the firefights you get into and like the elemental weapon upgrades you can get and stuff like that. And when you're fighting with your teammates, they have a really cool system where you hold down L1 and then one of the buttons on the diamond is a different team member. And you can just tick off their special ability and it triggers real close to where as long as you're looking in the direction you need to go, like Gamora will slice some dude in half. Drax will pick up the stone and throw it at a guy, you know, like Rocket throws out cluster bombs, group grabs everyone in the area you're pointing at and holds them down, that sort of thing. And and so you can tick off these like combo attacks and special abilities super easily. Like it's really intuitive after about an hour of of what you're doing. But there are not that many fighting incidents in that, especially in the first two or three hours, I would say. But uh, it's the action picks up with the story. The I would say the first hour and a half to two hours is essentially a long tutorial. Like you get the credits after you finish the first mission, like the the opening credits. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's one of those like long title card introduction things. Um, but it, I God, I'm, I'm, well, I'm on the fifth chapter now. I feel like I'm about halfway through it. And I, like I said, I've played for probably six hours today and I'm, I'm all the way in. Like I want to be playing it right now. It's okay. Fantastic. So for, for six hours of playtime, how many f- skirmishes would you say you've had? Like oh, an hour's worth? Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. An hour, no, no more than two, but probably a more closer to one. Um, but that game is way more about like the team dynamic and exploring mm-hmm. and stuff like that than it is about the fighting. Uh, so yeah, if that's something where you're you're going into it for the fighting, know that it's good. It just doesn't happen all that often. But the banter you get between team members, the the conversation choices you get to make. And, and the thing is, is like, it all plays out very different when you're, when you're doing these things. Like I got stuck in one part and looked up a walkthrough just to be like, okay, how do I get out of this room? And in the course of going down there, it was like, oh, if you, if Peter Quill had said this at this point, and then it was like an entire tree that I missed because mm. I just didn't make that decision. And mm-hmm. seeing that made me go like, oh, I totally want to play that area again and do these different choices just to see how it works out and can so you do, can you do that uh yeah i mean you can spot save at places sure but but it, it doesn't does, give you the option to go back like once you complete like a chapter to go back to that point I'm, i i i'm not sure but i've i think i've heard on other podcasts that it it opens at a as like a new game plus once mm. you've beaten it mm. which makes sense but but yeah i don't don't hold me to that but uh it's it dude it's fantastic it's really good. And if you can get it 30 bucks or under, like it's a steal. 
like it, the game is just so damn good. Nice. So yeah, I'm really excited to finish it. It's taken over my life in one day. But, cool. uh, so Shannon, why don't you tell me more about the same old bullshit you've been playing? Yeah. I mean, it's just the same shit that I've been playing the last couple of weeks. Uh, still kind of dabbling in Forza a little bit. Um, been in death store a lot more. Um, I pretty much got to where I was on the PC and like my first playthrough, like my first couple of hours playing. Um, so now I'm kind of in new territory. Um, there were a couple of weapons that I didn't pick up on the PC version. Like I just kind of either glanced over them or, you know, just walked past them to kill things. So, you know, I'm trying the daggers, I'm trying the umbrella, I'm trying to see like which weapons uh, benefit my play style. Um, so that's a little fun. I do still have this, like, I still hate the witch's castle, um, with a passion. Uh, the, 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 the conveyor belts at the bottom where the dude are, is, are you, are you talking about grandma? Yeah. Yeah. The witch? Yeah. Fuck, fuck grandma. Like, <laughs> dude, that's like the worst battle. I hated that thing so much. Like, <laughs> I hated getting to it. Just like the, that dude oh. with, the, with the cannon, with the poison, like yeah. area of effect that just like yeets it right onto the, uh, the, the conveyor belt when you got to like shoot the fireballs into the furnaces. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, get me out of this. I do not want to play this anymore. <laughs> I remember hitting it the first time I went through it and I hated it even more the second time. Cause I knew it was coming. Or when um, it, when it turns into a freaking schmump in the middle of the, oh, in the middle of the battle. Like, yeah. and by the way, if you're, if you're waiting or haven't gotten to this part yet, you can hit those back. The little purple things that come out of the spinning. I can't tell you how many times I died before I've realized I can hit those back. <laughs> and you found it out by accident or frustration. Oh, complete <laughs> accident. Complete, like, yeah. just random flail and, like, it, one of those purple balls, like, bounced. And I'm like, holy shit, that changes everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I've been playing. I, there, not a lot of new stuff for me, but, you know, after hearing your review of Guardians of the Galaxy and staring at my PlayStation over there that hasn't been turned on in, like, three months, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm going to fire it up and see if I can get it for cheap. Yeah, I might even buy it at full price. That was literally why I bought it on the PS5, was I just had not touched my PlayStation 5 in months. And I'm like, yeah. I, want to, I want to turn it on. I, need I saw it. I saw it get released on the Switch, and I mm-hmm. was like, that seems like a big mistake. Like I do, that is not the platform to play this game on. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing I didn't touch on, but this game is graphically really impressive. Like there are parts where you're walking around the ship or you're, you're young Peter Quill walking around your family home when you're 13, the detail in the stuff is just phenomenal. Like the, the things that you're picking up and looking at and walking around and doing and, and performance wise, I haven't noticed any, frame issues or anything. I'm grand it's PS five. So I shouldn't, but mm-hmm. like, I haven't noticed really any, any choppiness or stuttering or anything. Does your PlayStation five sound like an airplane taking off at any point in it this game? It doesn't actually, now that you <laughs> mention it, like I never really noticed the jet engine noise once Good. today like this. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Justin, what have you been playing? I have also been playing the same old bullshit. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I uh, I played some more uh, Forza uh, this week. I unlocked the street racing um, section of the map. You'll notice he said Forza, not Forza. Yeah, it, t- <laughs> it took me. It took yeah. me three weeks, everybody, but I did it. I, I finally got it right. 
her give that man his flowers give that man his flowers yeah but um yeah no so i unlocked street racing and stuff and i've just been kind of driving around and trying to unlock as much of the map as i can uh i've gotten some new cars but really the one that sticks with me the most is i forget what the fuck it is it's the epic one but it has like the monster logo and all the stickers and shit all over it is it the monster one or is it the xbox 20th anniversary porsche 918 spider it's not that one so that one's dope by the way i I love how you just rattled off so many numbers and letters there like we were supposed to yeah (laughs) yeah that's the one i drive all the time that's the only reason i know it shannon's hitting the hood of the car he's like this bad boy will get you from zero to 90 and <laughs> um, 2.4 seconds. This will eat you right off that ramp like nobody's business. But yeah, so I've been driving around and just trying to unlock all the different. I think I only have maybe like three more of the things that aren't like unlocked. And then I need to, once I get more of the available points or whatever, go back to the ones that I have unlocked to do like the second, third, fourth, like whatever unlocks mm-hmm. on them. But, um, I've been having fun with it. Like it was funny when when you guys brought up the uh, like music and stuff. I've never I had never changed the radio station once while playing. Oh, really? I just thought that's like what it was. And then when I hit the D pad, I was like, "Is this like Grand Theft Auto?" Where I can I did it. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> and but the one that it was on was my favorite one anyway because it was like the techno ish one. So I was like, "Do whatever." Uh-huh. So I ended up just switching it back. But the, ho- the hospital records. Yeah, station. that's the yeah. best station. Uh-huh. It yeah, is. that is the it best. Is. I after cycling through, I was like, "Well, I'm glad I wasn't missing out on anything all this time, and I was just on the best station by default." Oh, uh, hey, uh, I have something you guys need to do that is going to like melt your brain. So, Pokemon Go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, released a new update this week, and go into settings, and then go into advanced settings. It's at the very bottom in in the settings menu. Mm-hmm. And I believe it is called use your phone's native refresh rate because uh, it was locking Pokemon Go to 30 frames a second. And if your phone's national natural refresh rate is 60 hertz, it'll bump it up to 60 frames a second. If it's 120, it'll go to 120 frames a second. And it's the same game but it looks like when you make the jump from SD TV to HD TV, like dude, it, I just did it. I just did it right now. And, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it life altering. <laughs> throw, throw a pokeball, like try to oh, catch something. I just it, did. I just, yeah. I'm trying to catch this thing right now. And I was just like, Whoa, this, Oh, so much it's, better. <laughs> it's such a subtle change, but it's one of those things. Like every time I do it, I'm like, Whoa, subtle like this is not subtle like if you've been playing pokemon go for like for ages like so uh my girlfriend she got a samsung ultra 21 and when she uploaded her uh pokemon go to it like it looked so much better than mine and i was like what the hell and she was just like Mm -hmm. samsung baby and i I, now that i know this i'm like oh my god i I bet i bet you it probably did that on her phone automatically oh yeah yeah yeah. oh so much better it's crazy right yeah like it was one of those, like, I, I refuse, I'm not a big frames guy. Like I don't really care if, if my console's running a solid 60, but this is one of the first things where I could point to and be like, oh, going from 30 to 60 is a big fucking deal. Like, holy shit. It's <laughs> different. And it's just like, also like the menus when you, when 
they're you know when they're raiding pokemon like the way they slide in and out from the side it's like it's clean now it's just like like it's not all choppy night Mm -hmm. day yeah it's it's nuts so yeah sorry to interrupt justin i just didn't want to forget that you're fine i mean the only other thing i've been playing is i've still been playing some uh pokemon brilliant diamond i how are you feeling about that because i've seen a lot of people bounce off that game i mean i'm playing it Mm -hmm. uh is (laughs) Is it, like, the best Pokemon game ever? No, I'm actually surprised with, like, I was talking about last week, kind of about, like, Collision. Like, I'm surprised it's as buggy as it is and, like, as, like, unsmooth kind mm-hmm. of as it is and stuff. Um, It's definitely not, like, my favorite. I, I am going to play it to the end just because it's fun. It's not a hindering experience, but I'm definitely surprised by the quality of it. Yeah. Um. But I've gotten my fifth gym badge. I'm on my way to the sixth. Uh, and it, it's they added an up like there was an update recently, like a decent size update. And it's funny because I've watched this one dude on YouTube speed run the game. He beat mm-hmm. the game in, I want to say like 17 minutes. He beat oh, the wow. entire game. And the way he did it, which I think they might have patched it out with this new patch, but I haven't. I didn't try doing this before, but there is a way to basically bug the menu out where it stacks them like the pause menu on top of the pause menu on top of the pause menu. But oh, by weird. doing that, what it does is it the set when you start to stack it, he calls it sandwiching in the video that you're like sandwiching the stuff. And what happens though, is once you get multiple stacks going, it unpauses the game, like it unpauses your player from mm-hmm. the game, but the rest of the game is paused. So trainers won't stop to battle you. There's no wild encounters oh, wow. and stuff. So you can walk through like the basically the entire game. But the issue is, is when you're in that stack state, um, the menu is still up, but you can't pause. You can't save the game because the only way to fix it would be to then exit the game and go back, like reboot the game. Oh. But when it, you're in a certain state, you can't save the game. So then you would lose that progress. But there's a way to do it where it's like you sandwich it, but then you like remove a couple layers of the menu to get back to where it's just the initial layer and then you can save. And then so it's like you can walk all the way to the um, like Elite Four and then save the game back out, go back in. But then it's like, you know, there's the dude blocking the door. You can't get through the door without all the badges. But there's a way, of course, when you're in that sandwich state to just walk through the dude and then get behind him and then save the game. And then when you boot back up, it's like you're behind him now. And then you can go through and you basically do the same thing to get through the Elite Four. It's just glitching through the game, basically. And you oh, can beat really the funny. game. You can beat the game with like a level five starter and nothing else because you never battle a single person. <laughs> So the uh, fact that like that was even possible and stuff that that right. like got launched with that where like no other Pokemon game like in the past like I think like I don't know at least like six years has like had that big of a glitch and stuff is pretty surprising. Well, and I still think it. I think it's just perplexing that they, you know, made the faithful adaptation of the original game where or you know like you were saying last week they've you know these games have changed so much over the last two decades that 
players just don't want a lot of that anymore. And I think that's what I've seen with people falling off the game. It's just, it's like, Oh yeah, it's really like it was back in the original (laughs) and Holy crap. I don't want that anymore. Um, But hopefully, you know, this will be a lesson learned and they don't do that shit anymore. So we will see. Um, All right. Well, should we do a little spoiler talk? I'm ready to talk about some Hawkeye. Yeah. Why don't we talk about some Hawkeye? So if you uh, do not want, you know, uh, some spoiler talk in your life, feel free to duck out now. But if you want to hear us bat around some Hawkeye uh, talk, welcome. This is your uh, spoiler zone. You are now in it. So when we see young Echo in in her little origin story, that was the kingpin, right? Right? That's what like, I've heard, basically, is that that's, I mean, that's her uncle. It's a real huge hand on a white in a white suit when it reaches out and you know touches her on the cheek when she was a little girl. That gave me big Kingpin vibes, and it got me kind of hyped. And I'm kind of at the point now where if Kingpin doesn't show up in the show, I might be real pissed. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm hoping I didn't just Mephisto myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, it was probably the strongest episode I think of the three that are out so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I do uh like Echo's character. Um, I'm kind of like I understand like they did a really good job of making you understand why she wants to find Ronin and sure you know you feel for her like you almost feel conflicted. Um, you know, do you want her to find Ronin? Do you not? Do you want Hawkeye to kind of get out of this one? Like, how is he going to? um make his uh how how is this situation going to resolve itself because i don't feel there is a comfortable way for me to feel good about you know either outcome like or, or any of the outcomes that i'm thinking of anyway mm-hmm. um so i like that i'm intrigued by this the how this is going to play out um you do also start to see the strain of like what a superhero means like you know missing time with your family um yeah. You know, and, you you know, he even says, you know, it comes at a cost. Like, you know, the being a hero to everybody comes at a cost to your, you know, to yourself. Um, and you kind of see him struggling with that. And it makes him, I think, one of, you know, it, it's a more human aspect to a superhero type, you know, setting, right? Like, it kind of brings it down to a more palatable level for a lot of people. Like, you kind of understand that there's more in this, you know, more to this than just walking around and saving people's lives. Um, you know, it's so I like this one a little bit more cause it was refreshing. Like it was something that you don't really see in a lot of the Marvel movies. Um, they don't really address it. Uh, and when they do, it's like, you know, the hero does a noble thing and offs themselves and their family is just kind of there to, you know, pick up the pieces and move on. So it there for those two reasons, I was really excited for this episode. And then that car chase car chase scene, um, it was pretty funny too. Cause he's like, uh, you know, she's like, oh, we can get in this car. And he's like, I'm not going to wreck a, a 72 Challenger. And then he gets in that other car, which is just as dope. And that thing gets fucked up, too. <laughs> like, they, all the cars get wrecked. I'm like, I would have much rather have the car you were in than that truck. Oh, yeah. give, give, me, give me that but, 71 Chrysler New Yorker. That thing yeah. is badass, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, so that was pretty that was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed this episode. And when it ended, um, I was like, bro, like, well, at least now you know where your sword is. So, like, we're going to get that back. And um, 
but you know, it ended if I felt like it ended super fast. Like this is one of those episodes where it just like flew by. Yeah. Agreed. Dude, no, the entire car chase scene was great. And mm-hmm. my favorite part was I, I waited for this when I used to watch arrow and the fact that I was like, there was no trick arrows. I was like, dude, come on, man. And then, yeah. so getting to finally see trick arrows, like in a superhero thing was so dope. And she's like, Oh, what's this one do? What's this one do? And all of them were like, so fun. And then the fucking pim arrow, man, that yeah. destroyed mm-hmm. me. Like the I was like, what the hell this? I was like, what is that? I was like, what is this going to do? And then I saw the pim and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. And then he hits the air. It's like, woo. And he's like, just shoot up. He's like, don't worry about it. It was like, boom. And she's like, holy shit. She's like, and that's the lead. Like, that's the third on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the USB arrow. Or it's like, what is this? Did the suction one? She's like, this is stupid. And they're on the side of the train. She's like, all right. I like the suction arrow. Yeah. She's like, it makes sense. Yeah. The fact that she just kind of leaned into doing that whole like Hawkeye superhero move where he jumps, he like yeets off the bridge and then shoots the arrow and they just like swing into something. She like, she was all on board for that. You could tell. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, it was a good it was a good tie-in episode, you know, to, to get her to, you know, to, to kind of warm her into the role. Cause like mm-hmm. the first two episodes, she was kind of, um, you know, just kind of flying by her bootstraps. Right. And this one, you kind of actually see him start to, to train her a little bit. I mean, granted they were in a life or death situation there. And she, he was like, look, you need to like calm down. Like your overconfidence is going to help you yeah. here. Just like chill. And like, we'll get through this and this is what we're going to do. And, you know, it was good to see him kind of, not be an a-hole for an for an episode at least but it was pretty funny when his hearing aid got smashed and then like he was just like oh this is great i can't hear you (laughs) or when they're at the diner later and she's like talking like oh did you not have that in the whole time (laughs) that was one of my other favorite scenes at the diner when she draws the comic book outfit and she's like see the little h for like hawkeye and he's like yeah i wouldn't have a wife if i wore that like (laughs) what's that around my eyes those are your wings (laughs) the branding (laughs) yeah um it was it was a it was a good episode um do you do you think that this is um one of the best series that they have right now on disney plus like out of all the out of wandavision loki uh, um i still i still like it i still like loki best i still would put loki at the top and then i mean if it ends better than WandaVision ends, it'll be better than WandaVision. But WandaVision right now is in number two because WandaVision was just so good until that last episode. Like, mm-hmm. it was just so damn good. Yeah, and then it, it just spit the bit at the end. Yeah, it's just hard for me because of all the, like, the week-to-week excitement and hype for WandaVision is what made the show for me and all the theories and, like, all that. Like, every like, besides... The show itself, what made the show so great to me was the conversations happening outside of the show about what everyone thinks is going on and stuff like that is what made it so great. Mm -hmm. Fucking Mephisto. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, and Hawkeye is for like Hawkeye is definitely like fun and I enjoy kind of like, I guess like the, the low stakes of it. Like it's not world ending. It's not like dimension shattering stuff. It's Mm. just like guy and girl and pizza dog trying to save christmas is like what it is and it's like that's what i need right now and that's what it's fun and it's like just a good time but i don't think it's going to have as much of an impact as like you know i don't see where this ends 
and it having like an insane impact like loki with like king the conqueror and wandavision like with the creation of the scarlet witch and stuff i don't know what they're going to do to like give it that level of impact but it's a good show and i'm mm-hmm. sad that it's kind of already halfway over <laughs> yeah um i also thought it was funny if you look at the marvel intro like when they're flipping through the comic book pages hawkeye mm-hmm. is nowhere in the marvel logo oh that's funny <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that shang chi made it though yeah i know right at the end yeah. Well, Shang-Chi has some good branding, so maybe once uh, he gets his purple <laughs> outfit that's in all the uh, posters and stuff for Hawkeye, maybe he'll be in the intro. Mm, maybe. You know what else I, I want to talk about that's mm. uh, spoilerific um, is I started watching the um, Star Wars Visions um, shorts on Disney+. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good. Dude, yeah, isn't like, it good? That first one was dope. Um, I kind of feel that um, about halfway through, they're just kind of like, Here's some anime bullshit that you're gonna just kind of shrug off and go with, mm-hmm. like the the the, the twins um, episode. I was just like, dude, you're having like you're on the front of a of a X wing going at hyperspace, like or in hi- going into hyperspeed, yeah, yeah. and you're standing on the front of it. Like you are not gonna live through this. <laughs> so here's the thing, and here's what pisses me off about that is that one that's one of my favorite episodes i mean the first episode is also one of my favorites but Mm -hmm. the the twins is my like next favorite episode and everyone says that about like how unrealistic like that Mm -hmm. is or whatever but the thing is too is that animation studio that did that is trigger which if Mm -hmm. you've ever seen any of the other trigger animes is flcl kill the kill and it is 200 percent like it's over the top and their animes don't make sense. Like, it is just bizarre shit happening, over-the-top kind of, like, action. Like, it doesn't make sense. And it's one of those where a lot of their stuff is you're either going to roll with it and you're going to love it or you're going to be so confused that you fucking hate it and you don't want to look at it. No, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoyed the anime. Like, once I just was like, okay, this is just like a cartoon, yeah. right? Like, I just you just got to throw everything out. Just, and it's the fact just, that, like, it is what it is. a ship in half with, like, the light. I'm like, dude. Yes, I'm like this is some next level that, bullshit, and I'm that here still for it. shot at the at at that point where like it show you show you see the after effect of it, beautiful. Like I wish I had that as a screen as my wallpaper on my on my computer. Like that is what I want. It's beautiful, gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just you know the, I do like the the ninth Jedi one too. I like that yeah, one a lot. That's um, the, like yeah, those are like the top three, and then the ninth Jedi one where like the twist at the end, you mm-hmm. know, is they're all bad guys pretty much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the duel the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, that with, the, with the ronin so where you, where you you know where it's revealed that he's like essentially a former sith mm-hmm. at the end i was like mm-hmm. oh shit it's yeah how great. everybody's like they're they're grateful but at the same time yeah. like super cautious to be around him like all like they were all like having tea and everything and at the end they're just like no like thanks but like yeah, can yeah. you uh can you keep it moving though yeah if you, just, if you just just keep it moving nah, that'd be great <laughs> it's like very afro samurai where it's like oh, it's right. black and white and then it's just like blood mm-hmm. this is like the only color you see yeah it was uh it was that was a it's it surprised me oh I, I mean i knew a lot of people liked it but i i wasn't ready to like really be blown away by it and i the like you know the level is pretty high for the shorts i mean like they're only yeah. what 15 minutes long so yeah one one of the ones a lot of people slept on which i actually really enjoyed was the uh the second episode with the band 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was Oh, yeah. Weird. Like, I thought, I thought that was, was a, it's a story that it's like you will never see in like any Star Wars thing, like yeah. universe, whatever. And I just thought it was like fun and cute. A lot of people were like, dude, that episode like sucked. And I'm like, dude, there's way worse episodes than that one. Like, that one was entertaining and fun. And I thought it was cool. I, so, okay. I stand, I stand, Gee Hut. <laughs> so is, I, is that his name Guy? it was something like that like yeah yeah but... something like that but i have i have a set i think seven eight nine are the only ones i have left the like the astro boy looking one the robot the the droid one and then the two after that are like pretty much uh the ones i have left outstanding so my question to you guys is are they worth watching like are those like the weaker ones like is there one in there that's just like the astro boy one i thought was one of the weaker ones like it's very slow yeah. mm. um okay. And like the other, the N2 are okay. Like I honestly, between my two weakest ones were probably the Astro Boy one and the other one I didn't really care for. Like I thought it was beautiful and nice. It just seemed like it went really long was the one where it's the, uh, the guy and the girl that get married mm-hmm. and they go to like the, the weird, the, the like, bride. Yeah. That yeah. One yeah. That one. one. Yeah. That one. I was like, dude, if this was like maybe four minutes, like shorter, like you could cut four minutes from like almost anywhere, like in the middle and it probably would have been better for it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, th- I think all of them are worth watching. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's just yeah the 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 last two especially I don't remember feeling anything like to be honest I don't really remember them. That tells you something right there. Mm-hmm. I remember like every coming away being like wow all of these were really beautiful and and very well done. But like I don't like I remember even the bride. I remember the bride. I remember the duel. I remember the twins. Like completely like everything my i mean shit the band with my man gee yeah you know like i'm homie just wanted to play bass you know like come on <laughs> um but like yeah those last two i don't i couldn't even really tell you anything about them other than like they were pretty but hmm. yeah. okay Good i also you. that's also very possible that's because those were the last two i watched and it was super late and i, might <laughs> I don't know okay Awesome. Uh, anything else you guys want to spoil? No, I think I'm pretty good. Okay, I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. It is the holiday season. What is your holiday movie that you are going to watch? Mm. Because because mm. my, my son like started the day after Thanksgiving. He was like, it is Christmas time. I want to start watching Christmas movies. We, oh, watched, we watched the OG Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hell yeah. Uh, then we went into the Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, like the newer one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep. We, we've yeah. already watched that yep. one. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, we just watched Elf on Friday. Okay. Uh, and then um, Fred Claus was on TV. Uh, and like we kind of were in and out on pieces on that one. Right. So like uh, I would probably say so far like The Grinch and Elf were like probably mm. like one of like my two favorites so far out of everything. Like are there is there one on your list that like I haven't watched yet that you suggest watching? Yeah, watch Klaus. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um it's fantastic. It's really really good. It's become a staple in this house. So now is that is that the one that came out like last year or the year before? 2 years I want to say. Yeah, 2 yeah. years ago. Okay. It got nominated for an Academy Award for animation and all that. It's 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 wonderful. Like it's mm-hmm. genuinely fantastic. And um, let's see, are you an Emmett Otter Jug Jug Band Christmas guy? I mean, I'll watch it because I I do love that. Like I like the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's yeah, Emmett Otter. That's dope. Yeah. You know? uh, we save the Charlie Brown Christmas special for closer to Christmas mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that 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 gets huge run. A Garfield Christmas? No, no, I don't get down with the Arbuckles too much. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Um, and then it's it's a super random thing, but it's something I do. I watch the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol because it mm, was okay. it was it, I know I know, but it was the last movie uh, I saw in a movie theater with my dad mm. before he passed away. So it's just one of those things where it it takes me back to a very specific moment in time that I really enjoy. So I, I watch that one every year. Good. It's a bummer that it's not the best Christmas Carol there is, <laughs> I'll be honest, but, but but I still like it for that reason. I mean, I would say like the OG, like uh, Disney Scrooge McDuck one is like, I, the one oh yeah, we definitely watch that. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. we watch that too. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, but if I'm watching a Christmas Carol to, for, for the enjoyment of the movie, mm-hmm. I go old school black and white Alistair Sims. That's hmm. the one I want. That's yeah. That guy, okay. that guy could play a bitter miserly old bastard. Better than anyone <laughs> I know. So, wow. All right, Justin, what? Any? You got any? Um. So the three I usually buy, even though the first one's not necessarily like specifically Christmas, but the DreamWorks, The Rise of the Guardians, with Jack Frost, and it has Russian Santa with the naughty and hmm. nice tattoo sleeves. Okay. It has like Easter Bunny and stuff. It kind of incorporates. I've never seen that. Is that Dude, good? It, it is legit good. Like okay. it's weird. It's probably one of the best DreamWork movies I've ever seen. Suitable um, for a four year old. Yeah, it's good. I mean, because the whole premise is basically that you know, like uh the boogeyman like whatever dude basically kind of comes out and starts kind of like scaring kids and gets rid of like the Sandman and stuff, and then so they stop kind of believing in santa and the easter bunny and whatever and that's where they get their powers is from kids believing in them and then there's like one kid that like still like in all his heart like believes and like no one really believes jack frost like no one can see him like they can see everybody else so he's kind of like suffered with that he doesn't know like why he was chosen to be a guardian so it's like him kind of coming to terms with like why he was selected and like accepting like himself and but it's all around. It's a fun movie. Like I like the character design. Like they really went for it. Like having like an Australian like Easter Bunny and stuff. Ooh. And Russian Santa is hilarious. <laughs> he has he has like a naughty and nice sleeve of tattoos of like names and shit. And like oh, awesome. he's like a total badass. And he has like the Russian accent and everything. Um, so that one's really good. And then I always watch, um, Bad Santa is on my list <laughs> definitely not for four-year-olds yeah. okay yeah. yeah yeah but i love dude every time like i chuckle at the same part i've seen this movie probably like 50 times and the part when they get off the plane to arrive at the mall in like fucking phoenix and he's chugging he finishes chugging a bottle of vodka and just mm-hmm. chucks it and it hits a car and the alarm goes off makes me chuckle every time <laughs> because it's just like such the like piece of shit like thing and he just plays that character so well i'm like god i love him um and then the third movie uh i always watch is of course a christmas story which is Mm -hmm. a classic dude i got a leg lamp Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend doesn't want me to put it up for christmas well i don't know how i feel about that uh... (laughs) you know what guys I, I was gonna. Uh, you should have just teed it up. You should have just done it. Gone for it, man. I swear. 
I, I, well, I was going to say, there's a pile of shit behind you. You could just throw it on top of there and just be like, oh, <laughs> Those are all Christmas presents, dog. Oh, all right. <laughs> Teach their own. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think, okay, write down an edit point because I think what you need, we need to do that. Like, just oh, oh I, I was already planning on doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the podcast, just have so. Justin write in and like, you know what, guys? <laughs> <laughs> that was too, that was too fucking brilliant. Too brilliant. <laughs> okay, we gotta bring it. We gotta make it happen oh. for real. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to land this plane. Then. All right, go for it. Go All for right. it. You know what, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know, on the Discord, why don't you tell us some of your Christmas movie musts? And, you know, if uh, you can tell us all about if Do you know the history of Graham Crackers? Because I do, thanks to Shannon. <laughs> so if you want to find out about that, I'm sure Shannon will like to tell you about it. <laughs> and, you know, if you have an unfavorite energy drink, why don't you post that in there too? I'm sure Mike Miller will drink it. <laughs> and if you're on iTunes, give us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and uh, tell us, uh, you know, what you think about, you know, the game awards and all the fun bullshit revolving Activision and Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Uh, he would not say Roll Tide. That's one <laughs> thing Robbie would not say. He would say um, we only lost by eighteen. And we could still win the championship. And we were only favored by a touchdown. Oh, whoops. Um, but yes, Robbie would say, hey, guys. It's a chauvinistic pig attitude that you're going to do something because you work at the Arsenal and you got a fucking Mercedes Benz and you ain't got to walk every day, so you're going to get out and strut that ass, strut that ass, strut that ass, strut that ass, strut that ass. When you start walking, my friend, and you get 10 and 15 miles on the highway, you won't be strutting that ass. You'll be half dead by the time you get there.